Cleveland! It's out of here! Talk about a hole-in-one. Are you serious? They've been on the front foot. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the, the Front Foot with Richard Stansbury and James Green. We are one week off getting a big key with lots of messages from our loved ones. It's week 20, and on the 21st, you get a big key. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you gave me that look you give me where you go, you're actually an idiot. <laughs> Which is true sometimes. I've <laughs> uh, got plenty of messages uh, from Facebook. If you've got one, let us know. We are The Front Foot and Instagram. We are the fr- uh, at The Front Foot Podcast. Got Jordan Tunbridge uh, coming up a little bit later on with uh, Change Room Chat. And a brand new segment that came from... Our collective heads, we just put our heads together and came up with this original segment. Yep. It's called Jenga, and we'll explain that later on. First to those messages, first up from Pete. He said from last week, best podcast app I've ever listened to. Oh, thanks, Pete. Turns out it was his first episode he listened to. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. No, but thank you, Pete. Uh, ben Friggy, he has been a bit of a serial pest to the podcast. Not a pest. Well, maybe to me. He He's wasn't happy. Down number one ticket holder. Yeah, <laughs> he's uh, not too happy with my comments about Collingwood throughout the season. And uh, after, Fair enough, after last week's episode, um, he responded to what I said about Collingwood, saying they hadn't beaten a top eight side. He said Richmond, Port, and Sydney are your top eight sides. Dot dot dot. Well, they lost to Richmond. I've got them down as a loss to Sydney. We'll see how they go with Port. Then he said the West Coast dissection uh, of the Pies doesn't get enough credit, they are the team to beat, according to Ben Friggy. I reckon they're up there. I don't know if they're the team to beat. The team to beat is the reigning champs. But West Coast are an outstanding uniform. They are. It's just the... It's the... Yeah. It's the playing at the MCG. They can't do it now, though. I don't know. They use that ground spectacularly. Um, Before uh, we get... Too into it. I have to announce our beer of the week. I had a very big grin on my face when I was scrolling through Facey last night and uh, saw this little lad from Celebrations. Oh. Yes, the uh, the bottle BB Tinnies, wait for it, 500 mil. Wow. Really? I don't know why. We, we're like one of the biggest beer drinking cultures in the world. And we don't have 500 or 550 mil... <laughs> Cans. Everybody else around the world has figured it out. Do they? Do they have it around the world? Europe? It's huge. America? Yeah, yes. Yeah, that's very true, actually. Yeah. yeah why don't we do uh, that? Um, that's brilliant. England? Oh, no. What is that? <laughs> so that's why we are on the VB Tinnies. Grab yourself a beer, talk sport with us on socials, or listen to us talk about sport. We are the Front Foot Podcast. Drink responsibly. James, what bandwagon are we on? Well, we're on Danny Ricardo. Well, we... Not really on his band. Yeah, we were on his bandwagon. Yeah. We were having a crack at his team more so than, than uh, Ricardo himself. He finished fourth over the weekend, came from 12th. Yeah. Huge effort. That was huge. Um, which, and going back to Red Bull, they, the other car crashed or failed or something. So it's really like a toss of the coin for the Red Bull at the moment. That's like, the thing. Like you said the other week, put him in a different car, a decent <laughs> car, and he would be one of the greatest. But if you're a fan and it's like, all right, let's see if we can just get two to finish. <laughs> <laughs> We don't care where they come. We just want them to finish. Yeah. It's a toss of the coin. Um, in terms of AFL, obviously, Richmond had a pretty big win. The Hawks, I have de- I'm have. i declaring they're a certainty to make finals. They yeah. cannot miss. Yeah. If they miss, 
Well, we can we can afford to lose the two. No, I know, but you can't. You're not going to miss. No, no. no but what I'm saying we can afford to lose two of the four remaining games. Yep. Um, which and would because you've got a good percentage. And you, yeah, third best in the comp. Yeah, it's because you've played no one as well. Oh, here we go. Anyway, <laughs> uh, the D's had a big win, so they are primed. If yeah, they, I'm starting to get back on their bandwagon. They've got uh, obviously they've got the Gold Coast this week, who by the way suffered a significant <laughs> defeat. <laughs> On Saturday night. They beat Sydney in Sydney. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't even knock off what has been dubbed the worst team to ever play football. Oh, we've turned a corner, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Flag blues. Mate, Paddy Cripps, my God. Blues anyway, don't get me started on him. Um, but it's a very interesting week this week. Uh, the showdown is the game for me because if Port Adelaide lose and yeah. the D's win, then they jump into the four, I believe. Potentially. It's so tight. Yeah, which is great. It's very exciting. So... Uh, and the tour, that Welshman one, I can't remember his name. I think his last name is Thomas. Gerard Thomas. Yes. Um, and it's not the tour, it's Le Tour de France. Le Tour de France. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's our bandwagon update for this season. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> you jumped on the bandwagon of a guy who won the tournament. The race? Or the race. No, it's just it's more an update. That was just more an update. I you had never mentioned his name before. You couldn't even know, say it, it 30 seconds ago. The tour is a pretty big event, so... <laughs> the Front Foot with Richard Stansbury and James Green. You're the guy that after, you know, someone wins or a team wins, you go, oh, I was going to put money on them. <laughs> but you after, never actually win. It's like two years into Golden States. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I've been a fan for years. <laughs> um, speaking of money, buy, swap and sell uh, where are you putting your money this week, James? Mate, Jimmy Anderson, the cricketer, opening bowler. I think that's blasphemy. Uh, no. Why is it blasphemy? Jimmy Anderson, he's a pomp. Yeah, I know, but I can respect good quality okay, test right, cricket right, bowling. I'm listening. He is 25 wickets away from taking Glenn McGrath's 13-year-old record of having the most wickets for a fast bowler. I don't like it. I don't I know, like it. I know, I it. but I have to give credit where it's due, mate. It's an unbelievable feat. He, they, England are playing India in an upcoming series over in England. It'll be a, actually quite an entertaining series. I'm really looking forward to it. Four tests, I think. And uh, Jimmy Anderson, last time they played India in England, he took 25 and he needs 25. So if he has the same sort of series, uh, he is going to surpass McGrath's record. And, uh, yeah, as I said before, credit where it's due. He's been a phenomenal stalwart for that team. I hope his arm falls off. <laughs> I just have to respect the bowling. Yeah, it's, that's fair. It's quality. A guy who's, um, who I respect and whose respect has gone up so much, I'm dubbing him the greatest or the best human in world sport. Intrigued. Go on. LeBron James. Oh, okay. He's a saint. Yes. So we had a message from a listener who said she loved LeBron James, not because of his basketballing, but what he does outside of the basketballing world. Like this, he has left a parting gift on the town he loves, Cleveland. Obviously, he's moving over to the LA Lakers, and his parting gift is he has opened a public school for challenged children in his hometown. Yeah, awesome. He admitted to having jitters before the opening, and um, he said he was going to be the greatest moment, if not the greatest, sorry, it's going to be one of the greatest moments, if not the greatest moment of his life. That's significant, isn't it? He's, he's, 
built and opened a school. <laughs> what have you done recently? Uh, not that. Yeah. <laughs> he's got every right to be selfish, lay back, and just enjoy everything he's achieved in basketball. God, I love him. Yeah, his mentality is awesome and what he's doing for those kids, obviously, in a tough area in Cleveland. I did read as well that every kid that goes to that school will receive a bike because he used to ride around in the on the streets and it was something yes. that helped him get away from the issues that he was having at home with, with mum and the troubles that they had the family in the family. Because so. he, he never knew who his dad was. No, that's right. Well, sorry, he still doesn't. No, exactly. So, <sighs> Good man. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Uh, so I am swapping... Daniel Arzani, who uh, yes. came to fame, fame, oh, note, note. Yeah, sorry. There's an echo in here. I think nineteen-year-old <laughs> uh, during the World Cup. Yep, he's at uh, Melbourne City, but I'm swapping him over to Celtic because that's apparently where he is lined up to be going. Really, uh, on loan, I believe. So we're hoping that that happens because he needs to get out of the A League. The A League stinks, um, and going over to. The Scottish Premier League is just a little bit of a step up, but hopefully it's a springboard for things to come. Do you know I've got a tie to the Celtic team? Oh, do you? Yes. How, explain. I know one of their most famous captains of all time. What's his name? True story. Andy Lynch. Really? Check it out right now. Uh, I can't. My phone's Your phone's, my phone's dead. <laughs> Wait, I told you, get on Samsung. <laughs> Far out. I'm swapping this week, funnily enough that you bring up soccer, because I'm swapping so- soccer for cycling. Yeah. As in LeBron James' kids going for a bike ride? No. Oh. You idiot. <laughs> um, I am swapping uh, soccer for cycling because the English fans, and I, I reckon all of Great Britain, were getting around the football team in the World Cup. You know, it's coming home, it's coming home. Yeah. Turns out they were onto something, but not what they thought. It was coming home, the Tour de France. <laughs> so Geraint Thomas... Uh, who is of Great Britain? He's won the uh, Le Tour de France. Yep. And I've got exclusive audio of his after party uh, after the win. It's coming home. It's coming home. It's coming. Cycling's coming home. Unbelievable. <laughs> wow. So the Poms were onto something. They just didn't know what was. So that was just outstanding. What a rendition of. <laughs> Well, mate. It's coming. <laughs> they're the type of uh, exclusives we get on the front foot. Oh, that's what we do here on the front foot, mate. <laughs> uh, I am selling on the round 20, well, not the round 23, because it's not round 23. What, why do we have the week off between round 23? Because teams like North Melbourne, and in particular Fremantle, rested 20 players leading into the finals. Okay, but there's some. surely there's some other way that we can avoid it. It doesn't have to be a week off because it just takes away the momentum oh, from the season. I hate it. And I'm not looking forward to that week off. What are we going to do? You know what I hate as well? That an AFL season is long. It's a war of attrition. Exactly. If you've got injuries, well, you've got to better manage them throughout the season. Yeah, bad luck. Yeah, or it's bad luck. Yeah. I hate the resting of the players, but those sides that have done that bulk resting... I actually haven't done anything in the final series. I oh, know. So I don't really know. Like Ross Lyon like rested 11 of them. Yeah. And I think that's kind of why they brought it in. But you just bring in something and say, look, if you're going to drop three or four players for absolutely no reason, there'll be a fine. Correct. To stop them from doing it. We move on. The season carries on. and I don't know one person who enjoys that week no, off. I know. I just don't understand why it needs to happen. So get rid of it. Get- Outstanding. James goes whack. Uh, whilst I'm selling on Sydney. Done and Dusted, the, the Swans are. 
the Swans. I've tipped them to knock off uh, Collingwood at the SCG. I reckon they'll bounce back at home. There's been so much. They're a proud side still. Yeah. They've got the D's at the G. Loss. They've got GWS at Spotless. Loss. Yeah. They've got Hawthorne at SCG. Sydney Ooh. haven't beaten Hawthorne in Sydney since... Well, I think it's only like once in the last six years or something. Right, okay. That and, is interesting. They're an interesting side. And they're out of the eight as we stand. Yeah, they've got a lot. They've got a bit of work to do. I don't know what their percentage is like because that it's will not come great. into it. Um, that's not a bad. Swans are cooked and going to lose and miss the finals for the first time in John Longmire's reign. The Front Foot with Richard Stansbury and James Green. That man, Jordan Tunbridge, not too far away with his change room chat. Uh, we are on VB Tinnies, but the 500 mils, which I've stumbled across, the big can, half a litre, absolutely get around them. Grab a beer as we talk sport. A brand new brainchild of ours is a segment we call Jenga. So anybody who knows Jenga, it's where you've got the w- wooden blocks and you've got the tower. And the aim is you pull out one of the blocks to build it up. Mm-hmm. And so it's me versus James and whoever pulls out the block that causes the <laughs> tower to fall loses. So similar, sorry, the, the thing that we've got from Jenga is we've got two f- sides in the finals each and we're going to pick a player from that side that if they lose that player, their Jenga tower, their football side is going to fall over. I also just want to quickly note. That we have copyrighted Jenga yep. in this context. As our, as our, it's ours. Yeah, it's ours. Yep. It is our idea. All right, uh, James, you can start off with my 2018 nemesis, nemesis, Collingwood. Collingwood. Brody Grundy. Ooh. If you take Brody Grundy out of that side and you have Mason Cox as your number one ruckman, goodbye, finals. Goodbye, Collingwood. He's close to, if not the best big man in the competition at the moment. You can take out Pendlebury, but you can probably replace him. Obviously, you're going to have a bit of a loss there in terms of skill and poise and leadership, charisma. But <laughs> Brody Grundy is just your heart and soul footy player at the moment for the Collingwood footy, Football Club. Um, does it all on the ground, in the air. I saw him at the G on Saturday, and he was um, he was fantastic in a losing side. And I just think if you take him out, if he goes down injured, that uh, Jenga tower is going to crumble. I, I was ready to go toe-to-toe with you here. Could not agree with you more. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I did have someone else down and I changed it. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, I didn't really think about Brody Grundy, but he's so important, especially with, I mean, if, if you're going to win the flag, you've got to knock off Richmond, yeah. and they've got Nan Curvis. Yeah, and your big, your big guys have to be good. Yes, yeah. uh, absolutely. Who have I, you got? I've gone with West Coast. Okay. And my player I've chosen is Jack Darling. Jack Darling. Now, let's remember in 2015 in the grand final, he had an absolute stinker. Yeah. Like most of the Eagles that day, there was the one moment in particular where he dropped the chess mark. Yeah, I know. And that was when they had a chance to fight back into the game. But I think he's extremely important this year. He could be an All-Australian too, but he has missed some football. And we saw that West Coast were very weak when they lost uh, Josh Kennedy and Jack Darling. I think Jack Darling's more important than Kennedy to them, the way he's playing this season. Mm. If they lose him, their chances of knocking off the the, uh, the Tigers at the G. See you later. 
Bye. What about Jeremy McGovern? No. No. That's your argument. A forward is a lot more important than a defender. Really? Absolutely. In this day and age? Who's going to win you the game? Uh, I think setting up the play from the back with intercept marks is going to help win you the Do game. Do not bring up Luke Hodge, because then I'll agree with you. <laughs> no, I, I think that that chess piece is a lot more important. They had, uh, without um, uh, Darling in that four or five week period, they lost three games. They had Jeremy McGovern. Yeah. That. I, just still I think, think that proves my point right there. <laughs> well, we'll move on, even though I disagree with you. And, uh, well, I picked GWS. Now, this bloke missed a chunk of football during the year. James Kelly. No, not James Jeremy Kelly. Jeremy Cameron. No. no. Oh. His name's Josh Kelly. Oh, what did I say? James Kelly. James oh, Kelly. we went to school with James Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> James Kelly also played for Geelong. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Josh Kelly, midfielder, absolute... Machine, uh, absolute jet. One word, overrated. Oh my god! Yet to prove himself. You are kidding yourself. Done nothing. We may as well not continue the show anymore. If you are think. you serious? Yep. You've put him ahead the likes of Callum Ward. Yep. Phil Davis. Yep. Jeremy Cameron. Yep. Toby Green. Yep. Dylan Shield. Yep. You're a joke. No, I'm not. They can win without Kelly. No, they can't. They proved that earlier in the year. The only reason that they have turned sorry, this sorry, season sorry. around Ch- is because challenge. Of him. He was on the list with about nine or ten other people. He was not the sole reason. He was a part of the reason. Mate, there is no doubt oh in my, my mind they God. have turned it around because of him in the midfield just setting it up. He's a jet. You're actually a moron. You don't know what you're talking about. Oh, my God. Are you serious? Yes. Of serious. all the players? Yeah. I would put Scully's importance ahead of his. The way he breaks open the lines, he's one of the biggest gut runners in the game. Mate, that's what Josh Kelly does. He's a no, gun. No, no, no. And that barrel chest he's got, I don't know. He just got weird. <laughs> <laughs> Righto. <laughs> um, I, I reckon you're going to strongly disagree with this one. Uh, Melbourne is my second team, and I think if they lose this Jenga, Jenga piece, that their season could be over. Jordan Lewis. Now, I've said that I reckon he's passed it. Huge but challenge. But what, what he brings to that club, to that team, is something that they don't have. He's an experienced 300 gamer that's been there. He's been in five grand finals. He's been in God knows how many finals. He's won four flags. He's been close to a Norm Smith. He knows what it does to take it. Actually, he's one of the reasons why their form has turned around of late because he tapped a few of them on the shoulder and said, look, this is what we tried at Hawthorne, and it worked. How well did they play on the weekend? When they uh, came back, when they had, n- had no chance in the first quarter against Adelaide. Yeah, three or four goals and down. And his leadership leading into that is so important for a side that hasn't tasted a final or final series in 12 years. Two words for you, Stanza. What? Max Gorn. <sighs> what, so he can miss a goal after the siren? <laughs> this is the front foot. Yes, it is. And joining us now before he runs out onto the track for his local side, Jordan Tunbridge for Change Room Chat. How are you this week, buddy? Going very well indeed. Now, first up, a piece of play which gained plenty of attention in round 19 of the AFL home and away season. The Jack Higgins wonder goal, something we've never seen in our game before. For those who haven't seen it, the Richmond Ford gathers the ball on the behind line, guides it around the goalpost to his foot, then performs a bicycle kick 
over his head to snag an unlikely major. Now, score review confirmed it was a goal, but there have been plenty of questions around whether Higgins threw the ball to himself. Football experts, journalists and armchair critics have all had a take on this, so I've tracked down a veteran umpire involved in grassroots football for a genuine, honest and informed take on the goal. For mine, it was definitely not a throw. I'm backing in Brendan Hosking, who was uh, the controlling umpire the entire way. His only intent is to put the ball on the boot. He wasn't throwing it anywhere else. Further to that, the game does lack a bit of creativity and imagination at times, so I'm, I'm really happy that they allowed that goal to, to stand. I love that response. He's like The, the theatre of it almost pushes it across the line. Absolutely. Now, that's the voice of Tim Carlos, who's an umpire development coach with the Eastern Football League. 14 years of experience, very passionate about the role, and he also had nothing but good things to say about Brendan Hosking, the umpire who made that decision, uh, having worked alongside him in recent years. Had a bit to do with him in our uh, days at the VFL together. He, him and I ran a, uh, a TAC Cup match at Williamstown one day early on in our careers and I straight away saw why he was going to be an AFL umpire and safe to say he didn't last too long at the State League. He was up as soon as possible. He'd be over the 100 game mark by now but he's been getting a lot of big games this year and he's done a couple of finals as well in a system where there is a lot of experience so he's running against guys who have been in the system for 300-400 games and he's challenging them for their spot so uh, he's definitely an umpire to watch for in, in the future. You know what? I love that. I reckon you should do more of that. Hearing from the umpires, I heard Ray Chamberlain do an interview with Rex Hunt uh, a couple of weeks ago. It was great. So awesome um, access there, Jordan. That's right. Well, the AFL ultimately gave that goal the tick of approval. They you know, accepted that it wasn't a throw, but I think it's always good to hear from the, you know, the people at the grassroots level who get in amongst this with real people uh, rather than professional athletes. Absolutely. Um, We do love our stars of all sports. And uh, the NBL landed one of Australia's biggest sporting exports over summer. That's right. Well, basketball fans have a lot to be excited about ahead of the new NBL season. Andrew Bogut, of course, joined the Sydney Kings a few months ago and has just completed his first training session this week. I heard from his coach, Boomers legend Andrew Gaze on Macquarie Sports shortly after that training session. I don't think I've ever heard a more glowing review of a player. I can't describe the feelings that were going through me when Bogut was doing some of his stuff. The boards, the inside play, and some of the passes that he was making. The closest analogy I can give, remember when you, if you cast your mind back to your 16, 17-year-old and that mm. real stunner walking mm. by, and you get those little heart palpitations, oh. just that little blood flow and just excitement that pulsates through your veins. Well, let me tell you, with some of the passes and some of the action oh, that I yeah. saw, oh, I tell you. <laughs> Extremely excited. Hey, Jordan, would you go to an NBL game just because Bogut's playing? Absolutely, 100%. I've never actually shown too much interest in the NBL. Watch a little bit of mm. NBA. But knowing that Bogut is playing in Australia, I mean, he's an NBA champion, 33 years old now, but he's played for the Milwaukee Bucks, Golden State Warriors, Dallas Mavericks, Cleveland Cavaliers, LA Lakers, former number one draft pick, seven feet tall. I can't think of uh, a more entertaining athlete to come and see uh, in the upcoming year or so. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, 
basketball isn't the only round ball sport that's trying to lure some big names to the uh, to Australia. That's right. Well, we're into the final straight for the A-League transfer window. It closes on August 9th. Plenty of rumours doing the rounds in recent weeks. We've had some of the greatest players of all time linked with a move down under. Sydney FC was reportedly in talks with Fernando Torres and his people. That deal fell through. The Sky Blues also reportedly had a conversation with the management team representing Carlos Tevez. That deal didn't eventuate. Now, arguably, the biggest name of them all has shown interest in the A-League. Samuel Eto'o scores! And it's put in by Eto'o. He has his hat-trick. An early chance for Eto'o! And what a start! I'm just still waiting to see if uh, Usain Bolt decides to join the uh, Mariners. That, <laughs> that would drag me to uh, an A-League game. That is another name to add to the list. The fastest man ever has been linked to the Central Coast Mariners. So we'll have to wait and see. But he just he, he hasn't proven himself on a soccer pitch yet. So ah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> we'll have to see. But yes, yeah, so according to a journalist at the SBS, credible outlet for soccer news, of course, Samuel Eto has told his reps that he's interested in an A-League stint. Now, this is a bloke with 19 career trophies including three European Champions League titles. Prolific striker, goal machine, if you will. He's played for Barcelona, Inter Milan, Chelsea. Uh, still dominating in Turkey at 37 years of age for Konya Spor. Uh, this move will definitely put bums on seats if it comes through. Love your work, Jordan Tunbridge, with Change Room Chat. <laughs> this is The Front Foot with Richard Stansbury and James Green. did love that from Jordan, by the way. I said it to him, but I want to say it again. I love the idea of talking to umpires and getting something out of umpires. I just find it so interesting. And it makes them humans <laughs> and not like the aliens that we portray them as. <laughs> I don't know. It's just a little insight. <laughs> yeah. More of it, Jordan. Uh, speaking more of it, more VB tinnies at 500 mil. Get on them. Absolutely uh, love the idea of more VB in one drink. Um <laughs> That's our beer of the week. Grab a drink. Do so responsibly. Time for Furfield Fact. Alrighty. Here we go. Andrew Bogut started training with the Sydney Kings this week. Now, the reason I say that, Stanza, is because in this Furfield Fact, I am including the Sydney Kings in this Furfield Fact. Okay. Okay. Furfield Fact. Andrew Bogut has played for six professional franchises. (laughs) In his career. This is why you shouldn't have written this before the show. It's because Jordan just rattled them off. Damn it. (laughs) And you're in your own little bubble and you don't listen. That's why you're so wrong when it comes to all of our debates. Oh. All right, let me think. It was the Lakers. He's been at... Yeah. uh, Golden State. Six. I reckon six is right. Because I reckon he was with five over there, plus the Sydney Kings. So I'm going to say it's a fact. It is a fact. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. And you know what? It's coming home. Cycling's coming home. Oh, yes. God. How do you feel about losing all the time? Well, I think that's the only... That's What are you, two and two now? No, two and one. Nah. Yeah. No. Yeah, no, no, no. No, yeah, that's yeah. the fourth one I've done. 
<laughs> if you've got a tip for Furfield Fact that you want to send James to put on me, let us know because he runs the social media. It's at the Front Foot Podcast on Insta. Facebook is the Front Foot. Feel free to leave us a message as well or comment on one of the shows. That's what Peter and Ben did this week. Share it with your friends. Absolutely. Get around the Front Foot Podcast because we get around beer and we love it. If you've got a beer of the week suggestion for us, let us know. You know where to go. You know what to do. We'll catch you next week. And uh, hopefully Jordan didn't get too wet and cold out at the training track for the Uni Blacks. Hopefully he's all right, James. <laughs> not He's not a summer sport player like you. No. Play it safe. Silly. You coward. <laughs> <laughs>